Welcome to Major League Faith, a podcast dedicated to equipping collegiate and professional baseball players with the tools to live a victorious Christian life. In each episode, our host, Ryan Smith, shares personal stories and biblical insights from his experiences as a professional baseball player, chaplain, and coach. Now, here's our host, Ryan Smith. Hello and welcome to episode three. This is the episode where I will share with you my conversion to Christianity. Let me first say that, again, at this point in my life, on the outside, everything looked great. I was pursuing my dream of playing Major League Baseball. I was pitching well. I was about to graduate from San Diego State. If you were just looking at me from the outside, you would say, wow, Ryan has it made. He's doing exactly what he wants to do at this point in his life. Well, if you went deeper, you would see that here was a young man who was filled with anxiety, who had lost hope for the future and was getting drunk two to three times a week, which was also affecting my mood, also affecting my outlook on life. And so now we are midway through the season in June. We have a day off on Monday and Sean invites me to church Sunday night. Now, you have to understand that in professional baseball, days off are at a premium. You get like two to three a month. It was my practice to get drunk the night before so that I could get in whenever I wanted, go to bed, sleep all day, and then wake up the next day and be refreshed if I were going to pitch. But on this particular Sunday, Sean invites me to church. And so I was reluctant at best, but said, okay, I'll I'll go. And so I remember we're driving to church and on our way, I'm, I'm feeling very hesitant at this point. I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be boring. Not going to have any fun. And really I'm just delaying the inevitable. So I said to Sean, Sean, let's go to the bar instead. We were heading to a church on Tybee Island called Chapel by the Sea Baptist Church. And really close to there was a bar where we could have just as easily gone to and I could have had beers, fun, and then Sean could have driven me home as my designated driver. As I remember it, Sean said, you know what, Ryan, I'll take you to the bar if you still want to go after church. So I thought, so I thought to myself, okay, that's, that's a great plan. Let's do it. So we park in the parking lot and we walk into church. And I remember this like it was yesterday. We walk into church. It's a small chapel-like setting. There are probably 20, 25 people there. The preaching pastor wasn't there that night. They had a visitor from another church. And this pastor chose to teach from Psalm 23, which is often called the Shepherd's Psalm. This psalm is a famous psalm, and it was written by King David. This is the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down 
in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I remember sitting there. Everyone was quiet. The pastor was preaching. And nothing happened. If you looked around at the surroundings, if you looked at all the people, nothing happened. It was a very quiet, quaint service. The preacher stood up. He taught. He sat down. And we are dismissed. In fact, if you were there and someone asked you, what happened in that service tonight? You would have said, well, nothing. There was no altar call. There was no bow your head, raise your hand. There was no invitation to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of any kind. There was no gospel presentation. Nothing. A simple teaching. And that was it. Except for one thing, that in between the invocation and the benediction, my life was radically changed. I only came to learn about what happened later when I read the Gospel of John chapter 3, where Jesus tells the Jewish rabbi Nicodemus, Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes, unless a man be born of water, even the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In that church service, I was born again. I did not contribute to my new birth in any way. I had no previous knowledge of John's Gospel, chapter 3. I had never read the Bible. I had never studied Christianity. The Holy Spirit was, at the very least, a spooky thought to be filled with something foreign? That's really strange. But it happened, and it was real. I wasn't looking for the new birth. I didn't know what the new birth was. I could tell you that on that particular evening, I wasn't looking for God. But I came to find out later, as I read the scripture, he was looking for me. He knew exactly what he was doing the whole time, from my birth to this moment and all the experiences in between. In that moment in that church, God opened the door to his heaven and he drew me through. 
And I can tell you this. Please listen to this. As natural as it was for me to wake up every day before this moment to please myself, fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, was as natural as it was now, after this moment, to kneel beside my bed, confess my sin, and begin walking with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I walked in to that church with all the vices of man, and I walked out cleansed, purified, forgiven. Not only was I saved from the penalty of sin, but I was saved from the power of sin. The Lord radically removed strongholds in my life that were in my family lineage for generations in one moment. I no longer had a desire to drink alcohol, and I have not. I no longer had a desire to smoke cigarettes or to chew tobacco, and I have not. God took those desires away from me immediately, wholly, eternally, so that I never looked back. I never pined for those things to come back into my life, but looked forward to living my life now as a redeemed, forgiven, blessed, hopeful child of God. I remember reading the Bible day in and day out. I remember thinking to myself, why had no one told me about this before? It seemed that there was a conspiracy to keep this from me. Knowing now how beneficial the word of God was to my life. The wisdom it held. The knowledge it held. As I began to read the Bible, it was evident to me that this God who created me knew me. Because all the issues, all the cares of this life and their remedies were contained in this book. I'm going to close this episode with the first chapel that I attended after receiving Jesus. You see, there is an organization in minor and major league baseball called Baseball Chapel. And on every Sunday morning, in both the home and visitor dugouts, in the minor leagues at every level and the major leagues, there is a chaplain. And that chaplain is there for prayer, encouragement, and they also teach a lesson to anyone who wants to come in attendance. Now, I can tell you that I attended chapel several times before I was a believer. Did I understand it? No. Did it sink in to my mind or my heart? No. Did it hit home? No. Why did I go? I don't know. It was there. I like the chaplain. A lot of us went who weren't Christians. 
A lot of us went who were at the bar the night before. A lot of us went who had splitting headaches and were hungover. But we just went. But on this particular day, I was excited to tell my chaplain that I had received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He gave me a Bible and he asked me a question. Ryan, will you publicly declare in front of your teammates what God has done in your life? I had the answer for that. No way. Absolutely not. This was foreign to me. This was the only word I can use. This was weird to me. Yes, it was natural for me now to wake up into fellowship with my Lord and Savior through prayer and reading His Word. I also attended church because I knew that it was the right thing to do. I knew that's where Jesus and His people were. But telling my friends, that wasn't natural. Publicly disclosing what God had done in my life, that wasn't natural. So my chaplain said, okay. And he began to teach. And I don't know when, but at some point during his lesson, I raised my hand and I said, I'd like to share with the others what the Lord has done in my life. And I did. I did. And I remember sitting there the sun particularly bright in that beautiful Savannah day on a Sunday morning and relishing, relishing in the fact that God had looked at me, an impoverished, degenerate sinner. And he ushered me in to his kingdom. He purified me, he cleansed me, he washed me, forgave me. And I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that my life would never, ever be the same. It would never go back. I would never go in reverse. And that no matter what happened, this is, this is really important no matter what happened in my life moving forward. I didn't have anxiety anymore. I wasn't hopeless, but I was hopeful. I definitely cared about my future, but I also knew, I knew at that point in time, even before I read about the providence or even before I read the doctrine of providence, I knew, I knew that my life now was in the hands of my Father, Almighty God, Creator of the heavens and the earth, my Savior, Jesus. Thank you for listening to Major League Faith. If you or someone you know is in need of prayer or encouragement, we invite you to contact us at MajorLeagueFaith.com. And don't forget to like, share with your teammates or loved ones, and leave a review. Thanks again for listening to Major League Faith, a podcast by players for players.